morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We've got your NBA action covered from this past weekend. I'm Zach Harper, joined by, I guess, Rob Lopez. No one else is on this thing, so Rob Lopez is going to produce. He's going to shut Lakers down for the rest of the season, and he's going to chime in throughout this podcast. We recently announced the next live show in Chicago on May 18th. Tickets are available for the general public now after being opened up to Patreons, Patreon subscribers last week. Uh, all those links for tickets are available across social platforms. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, Joel Embiid is back. Wolves get a positive CAT scan, and so many Lakers are being shut down. But first, JoJo flexed on the Pacers. 76ers, 106, Pacers, 89 in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid returned in this one, and the Sixers dominated the second half. Here's how bad it was. Pacers lead by eight at halftime. Sixers then allow 11 points in the third quarter and just 30 points overall in the second half. The Pacers made nine shots, nine total shots in the second half of this game. Joel Embiid, seven second-half shots in this game. So uh, not the best finish for Indiana as they tried to prove that maybe they could run with these guys. It now moves Philly into a tie in the standings with Indiana Pacers, which means the Sixers have the three seed because they won the season series 3-1. to one. Joel Embiid finished with 33 points, 12 rebounds. Tobias Harris had 16 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Jimmy Butler had 12 points. Ben Simmons had 15 for the Pacers. Boyan Bogdanovich had 18 on 16 shots. Miles Turner just got dominated in this one, was in foul trouble. Darren Collison and Doug McDermott, the only other Pacers in double figures in this one. Uh, Rob, the the Sixers, this is how they're supposed to look when it beats back in the lineup, right? Yeah, I mean, you would expect some rust coming in uh, after missing a couple games there following the All-Star break. But, geez, man, he just was dominant. And, and it wasn't like he was going up against a slouch. Miles Turner is one of the defensive player of the year candidates this season. Um, he he just killed it. He dominated today. And it's it's a scary sight if you're a Pacers fan. I mean, can you keep up with a team like Philly or Boston or anybody else who falls into that potential 4-5 matchup? It's just it's just another bad omen for them going forward. Um, they, they are a feisty, fun little team. I hate to say it like that, but they are a feisty, fun team. But, you know, it's obvious their star power is lacking. Um, And it's obvious that when a guy like Joel Embiid takes over, I mean, it could have been anybody on the Sixers, you know. It could have been Embiid. It could have been Butler. It could have been Simmons. Um, When those guys take over, you need to get somebody that can match up with them mano a mano. Um, And the Pacers just didn't have it today. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, too, because the Pacers are such a good defense this season. And even even without Victor Oladipo in the lineup, you still expect them to defend. And they just they did a pretty good job in this game trying to defend the Sixers. But for the most part, you know, once Joel Embiid was going, there's nothing they could do. And and you're right. Miles Turner is a good defender. Sabonis can defend within the team concept. They defend really well on a string as a unit. But there's just nothing you can do when Embiid's going like that. And uh, and they just don't have the firepower. Now, yeah, I think moving forward in terms of the playoffs, like no one really expects them to win a series against Philly or Boston with Victor Oladipo in the lineup. And maybe that's unfair and underestimating the Pacers, but that's just, that's the hierarchy of the Eastern conference. No matter how good they are in the regular season, you'd remove Victor Oladipo from that equation. And, you know, I'm not expecting a sweep by any means if they face one of those teams, but I'm not expecting, you know, much more than a six game series. Yeah, and and the thing with the Pacers is too is that they have a bunch of good role players too, uh, Bogdanovich, Sabonis, um, even Miles Turner is kind of like a hyper you know high high level role role player, um, and, and it's just it's just so apparent that they just need that one guy who can take over and just kind of take over for the you know dominate and see what they can do. Um, you you think what if they got Conley at the deadline for example um could he be a guy that that would be able to lead this team through the playoffs you know maybe not win a series but I mean hell it's it's a big name it's a guy who's 
performed in some high pressure playoff situations before and this team needs that this team needs a guy who can lead like that and, and really uh show that they're a formidable contender there in the east unfortunately for them it's it's just it's just a, a series of a bunch of good teams hitting a stride right now, especially Boston too. Uh, I just don't think it, it it equates to a good recipe for them going forward into the postseason. Yeah, you know what else is a big loss for them? These damn Hickory High uniforms they keep wearing. I'm watching the the replay of the highlights on screen right now. These Hickory High uniforms got to go. Yeah, that, that movie's not that good. <laughs> the, uh, the uniforms are ugly. They look even worse on an NBA team. Like, get them out of here. It's just it's just a hard. It's just a hard jersey to look at. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those colors are just rough. And not even good bright. shorts to look at. Yeah. Other big game of the night. Spurs 121, Bucks 114 in San Antonio. Once again, we have another bat on the court. Uh, this time, no Manu Ginobili to save the day, but they en- ended up making it out okay. Rudy Gay was out with an illness. LaMarcus Aldridge kind of led the way here. 29 points, 15 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan was great. 28 points, 6 assists uh, for the Bucks. Giannis, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Those are just standard numbers for him at this point. Bloodsoe had 21 and 6 assists. But the real difference in this game and why the Bucks just couldn't make a run, it seemed like, especially in the second half, anytime they got any anything going Marco Bellinelli and Patty Mills just hit big shot after big shot they both had 16 points each off the bench and and it was a I think this was the game for me that you know it was already looking bad for the Kings in terms of trying to make a run these final this final month to secure a playoff spot but I think with this win uh, especially over a team like the Bucks I think the Spurs are are pretty much a lock to make the postseason at this point yeah, I think they're pretty much cinched in. I mean, they're riding a five-game winning streak, and this is kind of like the exclamation point on that, so to speak. Um, good home win. Good win without one of their best players in Rudy Gay. Um, he's he's obviously one of their better offensive players and, and a guy who can create a lot of things for them. So it's it's just great for the Spurs to kind of sneak in so far under the radar as the Lakers are imploding and the Kings are the nice, fun story that everybody wants in. And, and the Spurs are just the Spurs. They're consistent. You know, they're, they're going to bring a guy like Bellinelli back to perform in the way he is. Um, they're going to get Rudy Gay back in the rotation, and it looks like Pop played a nice eight-man rotation today. That's going to be the rotation going into the playoffs. Maybe they sprinkle in a little Lonnie Walker if he's ready there, um, and and they're going to, of course, add Rudy Gay. But for the Spurs, I just... You know, it's 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 tough. It's tricky because you don't know what kind of Spurs team you're getting. You don't know what Pop's going to pull out of the bag, especially when it comes to the postseason. Yeah, and against the best defensive league, the Spurs made 49% of their shots, 41% of their threes, and turned the ball over just five times. Like, that's just flat-out execution. And I don't know that you can expect a better effort from them. Yeah, it's just it's just they're clicking on all cylinders right now. And like I said, five game winning streak. Uh, they played Dallas on TNT, I believe, on Tuesday. Um, it's just going to continue. We're just going to have to continue to see who is going to be that team that is going to be the one that matches up with them. That two seven um, Denver, San Antonio might not get the top billing on on ABC, but you know, for basketball fans, that's a that's a fun series to watch. That's that's a, two teams that know how to move the ball around, um, and and. and Beyond that, it's just going to be a great matchup for Pop to see what he can do against a team like um, the Nuggets and, and their offensive dominance this season. Yeah, absolutely. And with that win, they move into the seventh seed. They're tied with the Clippers, but they have the tiebreaker right now, and they are four games ahead of the ninth place Kings. All right, listeners, don't skip over this part. We got a serious message for you. FanDuel.com. You want to get on the Friday mailbag, you go to the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel.com, and you're going to get a chance to win. You win that Wednesday challenge. It means you get on the next mailbag. You get to ask questions. You get to answer questions. But maybe, you're ans- maybe you're wondering, like, hey, I need an answer to this. How do I get this? How do I get to this FanDuel challenge? Here's what you do. 
You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up for an account. You put five bucks in your account. FanDuel's going to match that five bucks. And now you have $10 to play with. And you get to join the B2B Wednesday Challenge. Back-to-back Wednesday Challenge. Again, FanDuel.com slash B2B. Win some money and join us on the mailbag. All right, let's get to the news from the weekend that you need to know for this week. The Lakers are shutting everybody down except for LeBron James, who's on a minutes restriction. But two injuries as of as of late for the Lakers, they're shutting down Lonzo ball. They're shutting down Brandon Ingram. Lonzo ball. He was reevaluated for his ankle sprain. He had a grade three ankle sprain back on January 19th. Hasn't played since team said good progress has been made, but with the Lakers season pretty much done, there's really no point in bringing him back and risking further injury. So he's done for the season. Also Brandon Ingram done for the season basically has a blood clot in his right arm. He missed the last couple of games with it and they're shutting him down. No need to risk further injury with that or any kind of serious condition. Uh, it's going to get pretty dicey with these lineups, especially these, especially these second unit lineups for the Lakers for the rest of the season. Yeah, I was, I was watching the game last, uh, last night, I believe. Yeah. Against the Celtics and, and they had, a. Uh... Some guys out there that even me, a very avid NBA fan and a player of 2K, I had no clue who these guys were. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, not only um, the rest of the season, but going forward, obviously, in the postseason. Obviously, our thoughts are, are with Brandon Ingram, and hopefully he can um, get through this issue with the blood clots um, because that's you know scary. We've seen everything that happened to Chris Bosh. But you know, yeah. if Lonzo Ball is, is still kind of on the fence there, is we don't know if he's actually good or not, and we haven't seen a lot of him play this season. We haven't seen you know what, what he can do in, in these kind of high-pressure situations. Um, you know, does something like that lower his trade value? You know, if Brandon Ingram is still dealing with blood clots, you know, that's that's a that's a major piece in a potential trade for Anthony Davis um, that could fall apart for everything that the Lakers are trying to do this offseason. So um, beyond that, I mean, just it, it's just at this point, I mean, it's com- like LeBron's still out there. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, come on. Wave the white flag, man. I know it's a, I know it's against the CBA, but bring back Michael Beasley. Just bring him back. Just let him hang Why out not? in the, in the arena. Not? What can he lose? And you know what this means. It's Alex Caruso time. Oh, that bald spot, man. Going to get a whole lot of Alex Caruso going on. Bald spot Hall of Fame. Uh, other, news, other news from the weekend uh, that looks to be optimistic. Carl Anthony Towns took a weird step at the end of regulation in that win over that overtime win over the Wizards Saturday night. Uh, immediately started limping, asked to be taken out of the game, left the game, went to the locker room, never came back. Uh, ESPN reporting that the Wolves are optimistic about the MRI results. Uh, likely means there's not a torn ligament. There's not a torn meniscus. He's going to be okay. But uh, also ind- no indications that he'll be shut down the rest of the season. The The Wolves have no interest in tanking. They want to learn how to win. They want to learn how to win with Ryan Saunders. And so I believe that as long as he's relatively okay, he'll come back and, and keep putting putting up those monster numbers because he had 40 points and 16 rebounds uh, before that game ended. Dude, he's been on a tear since he came back from the car accident. On yeah. a tear. Yeah, he's been he's been wrecking them as much as that car got wrecked. Is that insensitive to say? Probably, but you know what I mean. It's meant, it's meant, it's meant with love. Uh, and then the final news, Paul George fined $25,000 for ripping referees after the loss to the Clippers on Friday. This is what Paul George had to say. It's just bad officiating. I'm sorry, just bad officiating. We don't get a fair whistle. We haven't gotten a fair whistle all year. Somebody's got to look into this. It's getting out of hand where we somehow just walk teams to the line. And there's nobody that gets more contact. If I don't speak for myself, I speak for Russ. There's nobody that gets more contact than Russ going to the basket, and it's just crazy. In that loss to the Clippers, uh, they lost 118 to 110. Paul George had another bad shooting night. Ever since that shoulder injury, he's been pretty bad. He was 5 of 16. He also fouled out in that game. The Clippers shot 46 free throws to the Thunders, 26. Uh, but here's just a little tip. Free throw totals don't have to be even. 
They just don't. No, they don't. I mean, obviously, if there's a 30, you know, free throw attempt disparity, maybe you raise a little eyebrows. But if it's, you know, 5-10, it's just all about game plan, too, and what the team's doing. But I think at the bigger point here is what you were saying is Paul George with that shoulder injury. I mean, you know, if he's not looking right, and, and there have been some questions by some if Russell Westbrook is fully healthy this season, too, because of his timid nature at time, as, times sure. as far as driving to the basket, not being as aggressive on defense – um, that's kind of scary for OKC, a team that a lot of people think is number two behind the Warriors at full strength. And if they don't have Paul George at you know 100% or even 90% going into the playoffs, and if he's not hitting these shots, uh, MVPG is is not going to help them out in postseason. Yeah, MVPG stands for MVP Giannis, by the way. Uh, and just so in case you're wondering, yes, the Thunder are seventh in the NBA in free throw rate. So I think they get to the line quite a bit. Let's get to the other games from Sunday. Raptors 125, Heat 101 in Miami. No Kawhi Leonard in this one, and it didn't matter. Raptors knocked down 21 three-pointers, which ties a franchise record. Kyle Lowry led the way, 24 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds, with 6 of 11 from 3. Pascal Siakam, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Danny Green hit 5 three-pointers on his way to 15 points. For the Heat, Bam Adebayo. 19 points, six rebounds, five assists. He was the leader for the Heat. Kelly Olynyk, 0 of 8 from the field. The Heat were outscored by 39 points at the three-point line. The Heat still are a game ahead of Orlando and Charlotte. And by the way, Derek Jones Jr. had a pretty cool dunk at one point in the game. Pistons 131, Bulls 108 in Detroit. Pistons won their fifth straight as they continue to surge at the right time of the season. They move a half game into the sixth seed ahead of Brooklyn. Blake Griffin led the way. 28 points, six rebounds, five assists. Andre Drummond, 16 points, 15 rebounds. Reggie Jack at 21 points. Langston Galloway had 21 points off the bench. He was six of six from three point range for the bulls. I mean, really who cares at this point, but Wayne Selden led the bulls with 18 points. Laurie Markadon, Otto Porter each had 17. There was no Zach Levine in this game. Hawks 128, Pelicans 112 in Atlanta. John Collins put up 23 points, 10 rebounds, four blocks, had a ridiculous alley-oop at one point that he finished. But Kevin Herter led all Hawks scores with 27 points. Trey Young shot poorly, two of 14 from the field, but he did have 10 points and 10 assists in this game. Passed the ball really well as he usually does. Anthony Davis, we're continuing the charade, 21 points, or I'm sorry, 21 minutes, but he had 15 points, eight rebounds, four assists, four blocks. Uh, it's almost like they should either play him or not play him at all. And then Julius Randle, 23 points. Frank Jackson, 23 points. Alfred Payton had a triple-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Grizzlies 105, Magic 97 in Memphis. Grizzlies finished this game on a 12-0 run. Orlando was up 97-93, and then the Grizzlies finished on a 12-0 run. Steve Clifford got tossed with four seconds left. Mike Conley led the way, 26 points, eight assists, zero turnovers. Avery Bradley had 21 points. Six different Grizzlies scored in double figures. For the Magic, all-star Nikola Vucevic, 26 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, minus 16. Crazy how that works out. Aaron Gordon, 13 points on 17 shots, did have seven rebounds, six assists. The Orlando Magic remain a game behind the Miami Heat. Rockets 94, Mavericks 93 in Dallas. Chris Paul blocked Jalen Brunson, his game winner as time expired. James Harden uh, had a rough one, 20 points, 7 of 25 from the field, 3 of 15 from three-point range. But Eric Gordon picked up the slack, led all scores with 26 points. Chris Paul had 9 points, 9 assists, 2 blocks, including that big one at the end. Clint Capella, 17 points, 12 rebounds. Luka Doncic, tough shooting night, 5 of 16 from the field, but did have 19 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists, 18 points for Jalen Brunson. This was just an ugly one nobody ever needs to speak about again. 
Wolves 103, Knicks 92. No Carl Anthony Towns, no Andrew Wiggins, no problem because they're playing the Knicks. Taj Gibson led the way, 25 points, 8 rebounds. Jeff Teague, 20 points, 10 assists. Kata Bates Jop in his start, 18 points. Damian Dotson for the Knicks led them with 26. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. had 13 points on 15 shots. Again, this is the Knicks. Nothing really matters. They lost. That's what they're supposed to do. And then an upset at the end of the night. Suns 115. Warriors 111 in Oakland. Kevin Durant rolled his ankle midway through the fourth but went to the locker room on his own. He did not return. He finished with 25 points. Uh, maybe he'll play the next game, which is Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. This is Steve Kerr's first loss to the Suns since his first loss as a Warriors head coach back in 2014, which was to the Suns. Devin Booker led the way. He was ridiculous. 37 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds. Klay Thompson tried to match him. He had 28 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Kelly Oubre had 22 points. DeAndre Aiden had 18 and 9. Uh, Warriors just couldn't hit a shot. They were 10 of 43 from 3. Suns were 10 of 25 from 3 in this game. Uh, Rob, what are the Suns doing? They're, they're winning way too much lately. Well, you know, with those lottery odds in the in the bottom three there, I mean, you can win some, lose some. I think they've won five of the last eight or seven or something like that. So they are, you know, tr- I guess trying to actively get their way out. Maybe that's James Jones trying to help, you know, LeBron once again, get him in the in that top three odds there if he can he can find a way to help him out. Um, but I, I, the bigger picture here is obviously KD. And then also, too, it was interesting to, to watch the end of the game with the Warriors. They kind of just like – flipped a switch and they just started like clay thompson picked devin booker's pocket like two or three times yeah they just they started forcing turnovers right at the end there it was it was it was weird it was strange to watch it was just like oh okay now we have to start playing against this team well i mean you should have done this in the second quarter you would have been sitting already i mean it's just it's it's silly sometimes the warriors getting these weird losses like this but um i don't know it's 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 we're gonna look back on it as long as kd's fine and not really think anything of it yeah, Steph Curry, by the way, had a tough one in this game. He had uh, 18 points on 6 of 20 shooting, 4 of 15 from deep. Uh, he did have 8 assists, 7 rebounds, but not a good effort from the Warriors in any way. Let's get to lines of the weekend. Andre Drummond, 20 points, 24 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 assists, 2 blocks in the win Friday. Lou Williams had 40 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals in the win Friday. Carl Anthony Towns, before he got hurt, 40 points, 16 rebounds in the win Saturday. John Collins in a loss on Saturday, 33 points, 20 rebounds in just 30 minutes. Joel Embiid today, 33 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists. And of course, Devin Booker, 37 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds in the win over the Warriors. Uh, Rob, who gets your line of the weekend? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, like I said earlier, he's been on a tear. This dude has been just dominant. He's been hitting jumpers. He's been dunking on people. He's been grabbing boards. Um, there's something new and different with Ryan Saunders here at the helm. And I, and I just really like what he's been doing lately. And it's a good omen for them going into next season. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. I'm going to go Devin Booker. He was so good tonight. He uh, just you know carved up the Warriors defense, 37 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds in a game that they should not be winning, but he did it anyway, so I'll give it to Devin Booker. Uh, games to watch Monday night. Rob, who, what's, what's the game you're going to keep your eye on? I mean, there's only really one game that every NBA fan is going to notice on the schedule tomorrow, Oklahoma City versus the Utah Jazz. Um, it's a rematch from last year's playoffs. Uh, these guys, obviously, there's there's some tension there between you know Joe Ingles and Paul George, and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what they do. And, and like we were talking about earlier, um, what OKC team are we getting? Are we going to get that team that we saw against the Blazers, who was uh, they were they were connecting on offense pretty much, and, and they had a really good showing? Or, or are we going to get what we kind of saw um, earlier today, uh, a struggling Paul or earlier against the Clippers this weekend, uh, a struggling Paul George, Russell Westbrook, not really getting uh, points at the line. 
line. So it's just going to be an interesting matchup to see. And obviously, playoff seating in the West is so important right now with all those teams bunched up there. Yeah, also be interesting to see how the Jazz respond to that game because the Jazz, even though they've had an easy schedule, have not quite gone on the surge that uh, many of us expected expected them to. They've kind of struggled struggled relatively compared to the schedule a little bit, and I'd like to see them take this game a lot more seriously, execute a lot better, and and give the Thunder uh, you know a good run of it whether they win or lose. My game to watch: Pistons Nets. That's not a joke. Pistons Nets. This could determine a good one. who gets the sixth seed. By, when it's all said and done, uh, the Nets are currently a half game behind the Pistons, and uh, and that would be a big one, snapping the Pistons' five-game win streak. Uh, Brooklyn's on a three-game win streak themselves. This could very well determine who ends up in that uh, 3-6 matchup, which might be the Pacers, and that could, uh, who knows, maybe you can upset them. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash count the dings. Subscribe to the back-to-back podcast feed. You know what we got. We got Basket Buds on Tuesday. We got Nerdishy Run on Thursday. We got the Mailbag on Friday. And by the way, Mailbag has its own separate feed now, and you'll find out why pretty soon. But make sure you subscribe to that separate feed. Also, subscribe to Black Opinions Matter Monday. Uh, You can subscribe, rate, review that on all podcast platforms. Of course, this podcast, The Daily Ding. We've got The House of Strauss. We've got Pack Your Knives. Thanks for waking up with this. Take your Take your vitamins, take your meds, take your, you know, eat your egos, drink your coffee, do all that stuff. Get prepared for a good week, a fun week of NBA action. Uh, Rob, you got to sign off? Ding, ding.